Jesus says some mean things about rich people. He says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. The other place where he says blessed are the poor and then just kind of quietly leaves out what adjective belongs to the rich. There are several places like that. And this gospel is kind of an example of that because Zacchaeus I think represents sort of wealthy people in general. But the question that I want to start with is, isn't that unfair? Why is Jesus picking on one group of people? Why is he isolating one type of group? The Ten Commandments are not just for a certain portion of humanity, they're for everybody. Everybody's supposed to, you know, honor the Sabbath. Everyone is supposed to, you know, not kill and not murder, and all these, that applies to all human beings. Isn't that the, I mean, and it's not like we have like a specific set of rules or laws. It's not like there's going to be a different heaven for rich people versus poor people. So why is it, why does it seem like sometimes he's victimizing or, or focusing on one group over another? The Ten Commandments and the prescripts of the church apply to all of us as a species. And God gave us those commands, those rules. So the prescripts of the church are, for example, you have to go to Mass every Sunday. And if you don't, and it's your fault, that's a mortal sin and you have to go to confession. Another prescript is you have to go to confession at least once a year. And if you've committed a serious sin, you should go to confession as soon as you can. These are the prescripts of the church. These are the, that's not just for, it's not like only a certain group of people have to do that. There are exceptions, of course. You know, if you're in the hospital, whatever. If there's, there's circumstances where if you can't, you can't. But those apply to all of us. That's all of us together. Those rules apply to everyone. And yet, if that's all God did, he would be a king writing laws, and he is a king, and he does write laws, but he wouldn't really be a father. Because a father doesn't just write the rules for his household. A father spends time with each of his children individually. And God doesn't just write rules for all of us to just obey and then that's the end of the story. God accompanies us individually on our journey. And so there are things that God gives to all of us as a species, and there are certain things that God gives to each of us as individuals. And when he's doing it as individuals, we can sort of start to be grouped. So it's not that Christ is picking on rich people, it's that they need some special care. The way sometimes, depending on the day, one of your kids maybe needs some extra attention, needs an extra, you know, some extra guidance, some extra, you know, uh, education. So that's what's going on in the gospel today. What's going on with Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, if he is as wealthy as you know, the scripture is describing him, is probably used to getting everything he wants right away. He's got the money, he can buy it, he gets it as soon as he wants it. Wealth, the thing that it, wealth is for, means that you have easy access to anything you feel like. And that's sort of Zacchaeus' lifestyle. 
I think it's because of that that the narrative, the scene, is sort of set the way it is. He was short, and there was a crowd, and he just wanted to sort of see, just sort of look at Jesus and sort of curious what was going on with him, and yet there was a crowd in front of him. There was an obstacle that he couldn't get through with money. His money couldn't solve his problem. And I think God put that obstacle in, in front of him because he needed something else that the crowd didn't. He needed the obstacle in order to really understand who Christ was. And so that crowd that was blocking him from seeing who Jesus was caused him, forced him to run, which, you know, a lot of people look kind of silly when they run. And this was a very sort of wealthy, kind of respected, feared person in the, in the town. And so imagine this sort of, I don't know, at least middle-aged man running on the other side of a crowd, who's all, and he's already short. And that, you know, people are mean to short people sometimes, so he's already short. And so I imagine he probably got laughed at. And then he gets to the sort of path where he can tell Jesus is going, and he climbs up a tree, a grown man climbing up a tree. That's really ridiculous. That's silly. But look at the effort that he, put, that he exerted. This man who's used to getting everything he wants the second he wants it, suddenly has to put his dignity aside and run and climb a tree to get something that he wants. That obstacle contributed to his salvation because that caused him to humble himself. And if he had not humbled himself, he wouldn't have been able to understand who Jesus was. Because somebody looking at Christ with prideful eyes, somebody looking at Christ like just another servant, like everybody else is my servant, will never understand that he's the Lord. And yet, the crowd didn't have to do that. Because the crowd, and this is just sort of the way human economics always goes, the majority of people are never going to be rich. And so the crowd didn't need that special care. Zacchaeus did. And Christ does something really interesting. He sees him, he knows him, and he says, I'm coming over. There's a really important thing to, to notice here. Jesus invited himself over to his house before he repented of his sins. Because he said later in the gospel, I'm going to return everything that I've stolen from people fourfold. Jesus was already with him before he did that. Why is that an important thing? Because again, Jesus is not just a king writing rules, and if you follow the rules, then you're not going to go to jail. He is that. He is the king, and yes, he has rules, and yes, we better follow the rules. But he's also the image of God the Father who accompanies us in our journey from sinfulness to sainthood. And that means he is walking with us while we are still sinners. That's the whole point. We do not earn Christ's accompaniment. We do not earn God's fatherhood. He is already our father. And after he is our father and we are adopted as his children, then we repent. Never ever get that backwards. Never think that your repentance 
causes God to love you. That is absolutely the opposite of the gospel. Christ is already there with you. He is already walking with you. And when you realize what that means and who he is, then you will repent. Or you better repent. Because at some point, this earthly journey is going to end. Salvation is not a single choice. It is a process. It is one step after another. And it's a journey that we are walking that it is impossible for us to walk alone. It is a journey that Christ is walking with us. When we realize that, then we can start to interpret the events in our life, the things that happen to us, the struggles that we have, the obstacles that we, that we face, not as punishments as if, you know, I broke some law and now I'm going to get punished, I'm going to get this fine, I'm going to go to jail. It's not about punishments. God is giving us these obstacles for our salvation. They are gifts to allow us to learn virtues, patience, purity, charity, strength. And look what happened. At the end, after Jesus was already with him, I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. Half of it I'm going to give away. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. That is the working of grace that accompanied him while he was still sinful. Brothers and sisters, wherever we are in life, whatever our station, whether we're poor or rich, old or young, wherever we are, Christ is walking with us. And sometimes as we're walking, we're going to face an obstacle. It is Christ who is going to help us face that obstacle. Zacchaeus could have seen the crowd and said, ah, forget it, and then went home. God's grace was already with him when he ran on ahead and climbed up the tree. God's grace is with us now. Open our, let's open our eyes and look and see the world through those eyes as well. Amen.